welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. All right, I'm joined today by uh, my friend and my brother-in-law, and he is in the Don't Get Any Flexes DGAF League, Dynasty League with me. It's that weird league I made that only has strict positions, two quarterbacks, two running backs, actually three running backs, four wide receivers, two tight ends, and no flexes, and some fun scoring too. But we are in the, about to start our first first off season. So we've gone through one full season, and we are about to start our first rookie draft for the league coming up on uh, this weekend. And uh, Jameson here is doing something I have never seen anyone do. I mean, I've seen lots of people do rebuilds, but uh, Jameson has taken it to a whole new level that I have never seen. Um, he has not one, not two, not three, not four. We'd be here all night because he has 22 picks. <laughs> it is a, just a 12-team, five rounds, and he has 22 picks. So that's the introduction. Jameson, say hello. Hey, hello. Thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, of course. Uh, I wanted to get you on real quick, and we're going to kind of do a before the draft and after the draft, so we'll keep this short because after the draft will most likely be more interesting. But I wanted to ask a few questions and uh, just kind of set this up so we can compare afterwards because this is going to be pretty interesting. So so you have have 22 picks. How... How did this happen? Um, did you just decide to go for it, or did you just did it just kind of happen? And then you said, "Let's go with it," or what? How how did how did it come about? I mean, it was kind of a like a snowball snowball effect. I mean, I I I made a trade for Bell like towards the end of the season to try to get in back in the playoffs because most of my players were injured, so. When that when he didn't choose to sign to um, report back to training camp, that kind of altered my plans. I, I guess I could say. Um, so then I just started kind of looking for uh, to gain stuff to during the off season, and I started looking into draft into the draft like heavy. I guess probably around the December because I mean I wasn't in the playoffs or anything like that. So I mean I was looking at the. I was looking at the guys in this draft, I mean, well ahead of time. And I, the one thing that stuck out to me was how much people were actually in this draft. There wasn't, wasn't like your, your big high profile guys like Saquon or Zeke, but I'm, um, I mean, there was just so many guys that would, that were good. I'm, and I said, man, I, I wouldn't even know who to pick. And, um, I think, uh, around the time when I traded Bell and Penny, for some picks was when it kind of became like a uh i became cynical i said all right <laughs> i have a lot here and let's see how much more i can get <laughs> yeah and i was amazed uh i was we were just amazed in the in the league chat because i was like people just keep trading you picks what right. <laughs> and the first time i noticed i knew you had a lot of picks 
And then I looked and I counted and I was like, oh my goodness, you have 17. <laughs> That's crazy. And then that was like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And then you've, you've, gotten, you've gained five more since then. Um, I'm looking at it right now. You have, you have the 101. Then you have the 104. I'm not going to do this whole thing, but I'm just saying for the first round. You got the 101, 104, the 6, 7, 8, and 11. You've got right. 6 in the first round, 5 in the second round, 6 in the third round, 3 in the fourth round, and 2 in the fifth round. Hashtag math. That's 22 picks. <laughs> um Jeez. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for this, I mean, for this, I mean, you really gotta, like, you really gotta be heartless, because, I mean, there were some players I did not want to get rid of. I mean, at first, I didn't want to get rid of Geis. I mean, I didn't want to get rid of Penny. I didn't want to get rid of, I definitely didn't want to get rid of D-Hop, but, I mean, I figured they are at the, the top, the pinnacle of their, their value right now, especially D-Hop, and I'm like, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna sell, now's the time to sell. So, I mean, um, like I was referencing that Bill Belichick book to you earlier. I mean, you gotta, you gotta kind of be heartless and you gotta just uh, be willing to part with people. I mean, especially in my position where I'm looking for a straight rebuild. I mean, I Hopkins is nice, but I mean, I need the depth at this point. Um, and this is the perfect draft for depth. I mean, because there's just so much of it. Yeah, and obviously I'm in the league. I'm another team, so. You don't need to give him too many secrets. I don't have a lot of picks myself, though. So unless uh, unless I get involved in some trades with you, I don't I don't have a ton. I think I have like two picks or something because I tr I already traded away all my people and built like a mini super team. Um, <laughs> so do you think that? I mean, what is what's your your plan? Are you envisioning you're going to be trading most of these picks away now for veterans and making you know, go for it for contending, or are you really thinking that you are just gonna let these players develop or somewhere in between what what's your mindset going in and then it'll be fun to compare that late afterwards to what happens right i i mean i, I think if i make any trade it's gonna be for a first rounder for next year seeing how i traded that away for howard and that's probably the only kind of trade i would do would be a first rounder for next year but other than that i think i'm gonna use literally every last pick that i have <laughs> like i said i love a lot of people in this draft and i mean yeah. i'm in a position now that i mean i could swing a lot i mean i i can pretty much dictate how my team's gonna look for the next four years just based on depth alone i mean and then in, in the coming years i can make trades or get different guys to the draft but i mean this is going to be my core for years to come Okay, because I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself, you know what, there's two ways you could go with this because you have so much, um, effectively, it's currency, right? It's draft right. pick currency that you could try and tr turn all of these picks into known players and known values and points and veteran players right. and just take a few of the rookies that you really wanted here and there. Because you have plenty still left over to still do that, <laughs> and, and um, you know you could almost try and use this as a tactic to gain value because uh, players' values for the most part stay somewhat static. I mean, the news 
um, injuries, different things like that, of course, change them. But as a whole, players' values, I've looked at it before, and there's a little bit of ups and downs. You know, you could you could say that running back values kind of start peaking at the beginning of of the actual season when people start realizing, um, yeah, I don't really care. You know, if Rashad Penny was drafted in the first round anymore, I need points. Give me Chris Carson, right? So, <laughs> so suddenly these players, these running backs who no one wanted before, suddenly people are willing to buy them because, you know, when the rubber hit the road, they you need points when you're right. in the season. So that's one example I can think of where the player values change up and down. But for the most part, you know, an RB1 is an RB1 and they have to have an entire good season, like, uh, say, Christian McCaffrey, to really boost their value, or Camara. Right. So outside of having to wait for a player to flash, um, their values don't go up and down. You know, once Bell has that value, he had that value for years. It didn't change. But Picks, on the other hand, their value does go up and down. You said something to me early on when you when I think the first time I noticed that you had 17, I asked you, you know, if you wanted to to trade something to me. And you said, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but you basically said, we'll talk, you know, when the draft comes around. Right. right. Um and I'll, I can let you explain why. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean like like anything, I mean, when it comes to draft season, I mean, people People get hungry. I mean, they they want they want in. You know, they want to have some fun. I mean, that's what fantasy football is about mostly: yep. is the drafting and the trading. And I mean, when someone realizes they only have like one or two picks, <laughs> there's a guy they want. They're willing to pay up extra for it. And I mean, before the draft, everyone sees picks as kind of you know, eh, I could get this. You know, they could give some tools to have fun during the off season, the off season trading, and um. So I kind of used that to my advantage and I kind of gained a, a nice amount. And like I said, uh, I mean, I could possibly trade some, but I mean, I'm really looking for if someone's willing to give away the farm for a pick. But other than that, I mean, I, I really think I'm going to stay true to my strategy and just uh, fill up my depth. All right. Uh, yeah, you get that fever and they want in. It's like you said. So that's the, definitely the peak point for their value so that's why i kind of wondered if maybe you were going to go that way and try and and now flip them because you essentially bought them low and now you can sell them high um but yeah so it'll be interesting to see how this goes on um we will tune in for part two of this the listeners will probably hear this all in one episode so uh thanks to the magic of editing you'll hear the results right after this but uh, we are recording this right now though the week before (laughs) So uh, here we go. You ready? Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Let's do this. All right. All right. And we're back. That was a great draft. We're done. Wonders of editing. We're here. The draft's already done. I am joined once again by the owner of uh, Team Ink Squad, Jameson. Hello. Hey. Hey, Josh. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, Again. Uh, not that you really went anywhere, but you did. Uh, let's <laughs> see, it was three weeks ago, I think, almost maybe to the day we had that uh, other pre-draft interview, and uh, 
The draft went very quickly, one of the fastest rookie drafts I've ever been a part of. It it probably helped that you had 22 of the picks and you were always right, right on top of it. So that... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Always waiting for my next pick. So it moved very quickly. I think I added it up. It was about 52 hours or something like that. So uh, we're gonna we're just gonna have a conversation here and go through. I'm not gonna go through every pick, but we'll hit up the early rounds and uh, give an idea of what happened. And you, we just want to do a case study here because this was such a, a unique circumstance. I couldn't uh, pass up the opportunity to dig into a little bit more. Um, yeah, twenty two picks. So you had. Uh, Anything you wanted to say going in before we got into the details about how you felt, how you felt it went, how you feeling about it? Uh, going in, I'm feeling great. I mean, it it couldn't have, this couldn't have went any better, honestly. I didn't think it would turn out this well, and I kind of switched up my strategy probably the day before. Um, I was originally I was going to pick. I was looking forward to to Harry because I felt like he was the best player in the draft. But the way our, our league was set up, I, I felt that the value wasn't right. So I I changed that even though I didn't – even though that tore my heart out that I didn't want to. But I uh, decided it was probably the best 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 bet for me. And it turned out to work wonders for me. Well, we'll start right there because, number one, you took Kyler Murray, quarterback. Now, so listeners understand this league – this is the don't get any flexes DGAF league. Um, what that means is we start two quarterbacks, three running backs, four wide receivers, and two tight ends. And there's a little bit of scoring tweaks in there, differences between wide receivers. There's a tight end premium on top of the two tight ends. Um, there, yeah, there's a few different things mixed in there that uh, I think balance it out pretty well, keep things interesting. And... At the end of the day, quarterbacks are very important because if you do the math, there's only 32 teams in the league. There's 12 teams in this league. That's 36 starting quarterback uh, spots. Not starting, sorry. There would be 24 starting. But if you have a bye week, everyone's going to want a third quarterback. But that means that's 36. And four teams, even if it's spread out evenly, which it's not always that still would leave four teams out in the cold for a starter come bye weeks. So um, you took Kyler number one. That's, I think, what you were referring to. Right, exactly. Yeah, about the league. So the you had the number one pick, and then another team, Dale, had the next two picks. And um, I think going in, you were kind of tossing around some scenarios of who he'd take. You were considering he would probably take Jacobs and Harry. I think that's what you were thinking, right? Right, exactly. Because exactly. you were just talking about hey, you might have to give up Harry. Right, exactly. But he ended up taking Josh Jacobs and then Dwayne Haskins. Yes. Which is, yes. Uh, we I... were just talking about it. I <laughs> I think that's the right choice. Look, in, in my own like, Fusion FFB super flex rankings i had haskins even as my number two and then and i had right. another even super flex not even two quarterback just a super flex and i took jake i took haskins with the number two overall pick just because you got to think bigger picture value 
And uh, so, hey, Dale, you did the right thing there. But <laughs> hey, it worked out for you because that means number four, who'd you take? Uh, Harry, of course. I yeah. didn't even take a second. Yeah, no, literally, it didn't take a second. Like I said, these these moved quick. So you did a good job having no one who you wanted um, throughout the entire entire draft. This is where right. things took a hard turn. So right away, uh, the John Calvin's my my actual good friend. I play in a number of leagues with. He can be a little unconventional sometimes, and uh, I, I I swear, I, Brendan, if you're out there, I I swear he's trolling me with this pick because I had just released my complete anti McColl Hardman <laughs> rant podcast episode, and of course he takes McColl Hardman with the 105. What were you thinking? <laughs> looking at his looking at his roster, I knew that he probably. It, it was a good possibility he was going to go for wide receiver. I thought he was he might have went running back just the way the running backs are valued. But yeah, when he took Hardman, I didn't even have I didn't even have Hardman in my first round. So I mean, I couldn't like I said, it couldn't have worked out any better for my next three picks after that. Yeah, because you had three picks in a row here. You got a holy trinity going here of oh. David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Paris Campbell. Uh, that is beautiful. Um, you didn't follow my rankings exactly, but you know, pretty close. Uh, so those were your three right in the middle. And then you had one more pick on the 11th. So, um, Noah Fant went with the ninth Debo Samuel went on the 10th pick. And then in the 11th pick you took Hawkinson, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Yep. Yep. Which so you got I, your tight yeah, end. Right. I, I, feeling with that was i i mean i had probably one of the i probably had the best fantasy quarterback probably the best two best fantasy wide receivers and i think the two best fantasy running backs in this lineup. so i figured hey might as well get the what i think is probably the best fantasy tight end and i knew he would go probably right after that so that's why i took him there yeah i mean it's a little bit of surprise he didn't go they didn't go sooner like i said this is a two tight end premium even in just regular rankings i have the the wide the tight end sorry at 10 and 11 so usually i went in in premiums and two tight ends i've been seeing them sneak up even as high as six or seven after the the big five of course that's not an also in a super flex so i guess that's what pushed it back down um after that dk metcalf came in 12th and then we move into the second round um was there anything down the line here? I see your next pick. You didn't pick again until the fourth pick in the second round. Right. And you went with Daniel Jones. Yep. Yep. And my thinking behind that was, well, there was, there was Locke and Jones left. And the way I had my pick staggered for the rest was every, every other pick I had a pick. So I was just I was essentially just waiting for one of those two to get picked, and as soon as one of them got picked, I was snagging the other, and that's where Locke fell, I think, right before this, and so I just took Jones here just so that someone else didn't snag him after after that. Yeah, Locke actually went before Daniel Jones at two, uh, two, which is okay. was a little bit of a surprise to me. Mm. Um, I've kind of I'm back and forth on that situation. Sometimes I can almost see. Locke having a better opportunity to be playing this season. So uh, there's 
could be an argument to be made. So, yeah, like you said, it was almost every other after that you had picks. So uh, we won't go through everything here, but let's um, let's kind of read off some of the major picks you had after that. Like we said, we already listed all of through Daniel Jones. Um, so then starting with the 2-6, you had Damian Harris, 2-8, Devin Singletary. Stop me if you ever want to say anything about any of these. Um, 210 Andy Isabella all the way down to there. Uh, steal maybe of the whole draft is JJ Arcega Whiteside with the last pick of the second round. Yeah, that was probably one of my uh, my favorite picks right there. I I couldn't believe that he fell all the way there. Yeah, you don't have to be super high on him to still take him early in the second. Um, he's fallen in a lot of drafts. I've I've mentioned that probably before. Uh, Let's see. Then you Alexander Madison to start the third. Terry McLaren with the 3.4. Bryce Love, 3.7. Here's one. Darwin Thompson with the 3.8. I thought that was a little early, but I guess some people really do like him. So, Right. Yeah, um, that was kind of – during that, there was – I mean, there was so much – everyone that was left that was kind of – was in a bunch to me. So I felt like – I picked him because I felt like he maybe had the best route to a to some immediate contribution. So that's why I picked him where he was. Right. I mean, you might as well throw a couple lottery ticks in here if you've got right. twenty two. Right. Uh, Jalen Hurd, same. I assume same idea there. Right. So some yeah. high upside guys that might just do absolutely nothing to. Right. Like with Hurd, yeah. I mean, with Hurd, he was, I think. A wide receiver for like one year, I believe. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I mean, he's so, I mean, he's who knows what his, what his upside is, if he has any. But, um, well, they're talking I about know, then, then he went to running back. And then right. now, since he's been in San Francisco, they've already been talking about turning him into a t- tight end. Tight, tight, right. Yeah. I heard they might want to move him around kind of all over the place. So I just, I took a flyer on him. Yeah. Um, at 311, you got one of my favorites, Reichwell Armstead. Fantastic path to opportunity behind Fournette there. And then with the first pick in the fourth, one of my favorite tight ends in the late rounds, Cahale. Cahale? Cahale Waring. And then in the 4.2, you got Penny Snell. One of the worst picks in the entire draft <laughs> uh, with the 4.6, Riley Ridley. Right. You can just, you know, find somebody to replace him off the waiver wires this week. <laughs> Travion Williams with the 5.1 and Miles Gaskin, which is a steal at 5.6. Right. So everyone knows, I my, my team, I did the complete opposite of what Jameson <laughs> did this year. I had about, what, five? At one point, I had five picks in the first round. Right. And I used all of them to trade for veterans. Um, so I had, I believe two picks in this entire draft. Uh, I think you have one. I had two. Well, you trade, I you used one, one of them to trade for Henderson because I had used some of my first to trade for Gurley. So right. I completed the set. Um, so I thought that was a kind of a fun thing because it helped, helped me feel not bad about interviewing you before. And even <laughs> after now, because I didn't have any pet picks. So it wasn't like, uh, <laughs> You were giving me an edge or I was getting an edge or anything. Um, right. On the other hand, I'm sitting here watching the draft basically 
and thinking, oh my goodness, Armstead at the end of the third and Gaskin all the way in the fifth. What's going on? Um, I was trying to get back in, I think, uh, towards the end. I just couldn't. So you said going in, you you thought it couldn't have gone better. Um, right. Obviously, in our interview before, you were saying that you wanted, you pretty much intended on making all your picks, you said. Right. And uh, did you, did you, did you trade away a single pick this entire? No, no. I remember someone, someone was trying to trade me before the draft. He was trying to trade me his second and the next year's first for my first. And I was willing to do it, but I said, you know, I want to wait until the draft happens, till that, till that draft spot comes near to see. I have no idea how the draft was going to fall, so I didn't want to trade it away yet. And I'm, I'm glad I made that. Glad I made that choice. I think it was the – he wanted my first round six, I believe. Six it would have been one of those three, yeah. I'm not sure right. which one. It would have been one of those three together in the first round uh, where you took Sanders, Montgomery, and Campbell. So, that yeah, that would have been a bad – you would have felt bad about that, although there's some good, good players in next year's, um, good running backs. But – yeah, so I mean, I'm looking at this. So now I wanted to look at your your final team, which we we didn't really talk about much going in. Um, we didn't really talk about what your roster looked like because you only had what like eight eight to ten players even on your roster going into the draft. I, well, I have I have ten now. I cut like I think I cut four right after the draft okay. to make sure up some sure up some room, but. We we do have a taxi, so he's he's able to stash some on there. Um, and then you already had Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold. So your quarterbacks were already pretty set. That was pretty much all you had. You had traded away most everything else. You made. I think a, my my tight ends are pretty. I feel my are probably my second strongest. Yeah, absolutely. You have David Njoku and OJ Howard. And you made some trades for some decent um, wide receiver options. I think you traded away a first or something that you had for was that Gallup or Davis? I think Corey Davis you traded for before the draft. I, I traded my first round, my next year's first for OJ Howard. Um, okay. Yeah, and then I traded. I believe I traded Robbie Anderson and Lamar Miller for Corey Davis, okay. which was. Which I feel like he he got a good he got a really good deal, but I mean if Corey Davis ends up ever going meeting his true potential, I mean I feel like I'll be happy with that. Yeah. That was kind of a I, I still have high hopes for Davis and um. So here's your starting lineup with just the veterans that you already had, and it already looks I mean it's half decent for this league. Like I said, Prescott, Darnold, Peyton Barber, Gus Edwards. That's a problem, and then a running back slot that's not even filled. So you you definitely needed those running backs. And then right. you have Corey Davis, Zay Jones, Michael Gallup, Kiki Kuti. So that the wide receivers are weak, but right. there's potential there already. Right. And then uh, Njoku and Howard is very strong, very strong. Yeah. And then you're adding TJ Hawkinson into that you know, tight end group. So that's a fantastic tight end group for this league. You're adding Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones into the quarterbacks. So you've got those bookend kind of positions right pretty solidified now you're just trying to fill in the middle of your roster so, and 
Oh, I was going to say, I, I, the reason I felt so confident with taking so many picks was I felt like running backs. I'm always like, I'm always been a rookie running back guy. I've, I've always been attracted to the rookie running backs. I feel like I even on one year, one year leagues, I tend to like, I, I drafted Zeke. I drafted Saquon. I tend to really like the rookie running backs. I rather, I would rather take a rookie running back over a three or four year running back. Um, just because the tread on the tire, but I mean, there were so many wide receivers in this draft where I I felt confident with my already starters, and if I could just load, just completely load up on on the receivers that were in here, I felt like pretty confident that I'd at least get two or three solid ones out of here. Going forward, do you think like you didn't true do any trades like we said? So I, is that something that? you did intentionally just because you didn't think you were going to get enough value out of it or are you just trying to prove a point or i mean what what's why why weren't you trading most people would say you got to trade for potential for right. for points yeah i i mean i totally would have would have traded this draft if i received the right trade i just didn't feel i like i said i had that one trade that i thought was solid that would have it was okay, so but it just it wasn't at the right time, and when the draft fell to me, I didn't. The value wasn't the same anymore, so I was definitely looking if the trade, if the the value was right, but um, it just never it never occurred. All right, and then going forward, so going forward, you're still open to tr- trading because we were talking about how um, to kind of switch topics here. I mean, you had 22 draft picks, and we were looking at all of the different, you know, statistics on rookie hit rates. And I've referenced mm-hmm. Russell Clay's. Uh, he has some kind of tables up on. You can find them on Twitter. I've linked them before. I can link them again. Just showing what's the hit rate on these different rookie at the position where they were drafted and how many years of their career they broke a certain threshold of stats that would make them um, good NFL players and fantasy fantasy football players. And obviously what we saw is, I think that's when I brought up how the number one, uh, the, the, the running backs taken to the first round have like 80% rate of hitting that thousand yards from scrimmage line. Great. But all the numbers trail off as you go further in the draft. And as you get further in the draft, even when they do hit, they get fewer and fewer repeat years. Mm-hmm. So um, I said to you going uh, earlier in the intro when we were just we were just figuring it out, I was like, you realize you'll be lucky if you get... And I kind of just roughly did the math of, mm-hmm. all right, some of these are really high, high probability players and other ones are pretty low. I'm looking at you, Ridley. Um, and so I, I kind of figured about 30 to 40% of these these picks are probably going to end up being relevant, fantasy relevant. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's what's eight, what's eight 30 to 40% of 22? I don't know, something like eight, eight to 10 picks, right? So I said, mm-hmm. you'll be, you sh- you're going to be happy. You may not actually be happy, but you should be mm-hmm. if you just get eight solid players out of this out of this, right. you know, crop of of rookies that you've collected, 
Mm-hmm. Um, considering I, you know, when I say that, it sounds bad. It sounds like you just traded your entire team for eight players essentially that are actually going to be relevant. You know, but that's why I wanted to look at your roster because when you when you see your roster, you realize well, you know what? It's pretty solid roster. Now you fill in with the Miles Sanders, the Montgomerys, the Jazz Jacobs. Pretty much, those are your three running backs. (laughs) Peyton Barber, he might help out, but not Josh Jacobs. But (laughs) what's that? Not Josh Jacobs. That's right. You did not get Josh Jacobs. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So you're gonna have to find somebody else. Uh, yeah, we'll see if Singletary does anything for you. Yeah, who knows? So that's probably where you're at your weakest. Um, the running back can be pretty brutal in this league because of attrition, you know, injuries, and you need you have to have three of them. You can't flex in a wide receiver for that third spot, it's three running backs. Um, so a lot of people I tell people about this league, the no flexes and. A lot of people's immediate reaction is, oh, that's terrible. That'd be no fun. But uh, and, and I understand that. It's not for everybody, but it is an interesting dynamic, and it's it's a challenge, I think, and creates some fun uh, trading and, and quality uh, over quantity kind of discussions. You know, do, what I, do I want just two running backs just so I have two to start or one really good one? Well, if you can't start anybody else, you're actually better off with a two. So it's just questions like that. Um, now that we see your team finished product here, not finished product, but at least post-draft, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about next year? Because I'll be honest, I traded for your number one pick. <laughs> I hope it's a number one pick. I, I traded for your 2020 from the guy right. that you traded it to. Um right. So I, I was hoping your tra- your your team would just be awful this year, and I yeah. get a high pick next year. So what do you think? Are you, is you going to be tanking again, or uh, you think you're going to be able to compete? I, I think I think first half of the season, I think I'm going to be horrible. Honestly, I th- I think towards the second half of the season, I think I might start to you'll see some up uptick in my performance, but we'll see. Um, the, those running backs are really going to be the key. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I do have a depth of running back too. If one guy goes down, I mean, if if um, Fournette goes down, which is probably likely, <laughs> I mean, Armstead's gonna be, I mean, yep. he's gonna be huge capital. I mean, you have Dalvin handcuff too. Yeah, I have a lot. Yeah, I have a lot of backup running backs that can that are really high um, trade potential if someone goes down. So. And people always do. Running backs always go down every year. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just the nature of the position. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, no one's ever done this before. I've I've never done this before, that's for sure. Um, I want to see what happens. I mean, I'm always willing to break the mold, try new things, and I'm, I'm definitely as excited as you are to see what happens. Yeah, if, if, you, if you end up having success and this is a great team uh, – Probably, like you said, maybe not start the year, but going into next year and the following years, if this turns out to be a great team, I think it'll be because of how you what we focused on earlier about how when you traded away pieces for all these picks, you traded away um, the running backs and the wide receivers, mm-hmm. but you you actually reinforced your tight ends 
and your quarterbacks. Right. And so as you have kind of that in a weird way in this league, those those positions are kind of foundations, or I called right. them bookends earlier, just because mm-hmm. that's how usually it lands up on the, you know, on the on the screen. The yep. quarterbacks first, tight ends at the bottom. But I think that's going to be the key. That's my prediction. You know, if they're your league, if your team works out, it's going to be because you had enough of these other running backs and wide receivers hit. You were able to sell them at the right time for value and just continue to build. But those quarterbacks and tight ends are what's going to, I think, um, keep you in it even when right. everyone else just keeps to normal statistical success rates. Even if you just have normal statistical success rates, you'll have enough to be competitive. So, Yeah, and I don't believe anyone on my roster is, on, is over 27, which is a major thing that I wanted to make sure – that I got off by before the draft is I didn't want any, any lingering players on my team that are pretty much like I got rid of Jeffrey Flacco for a third, which I felt. Oh, I found him. (laughs) You do have Benjamin Watson on your team. I'm I'm sorry to break it to you. Okay. He is older than 27. (laughs) (laughs) He's the one guy. (laughs) By, by just a little. Just yeah, and, and you know what? he's in a great position. You know, so I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not worried about that one. I mean, he was. I think I got him in free agency or something. Yeah, no, I'm giving you a hard time. You're, no, you're right. <laughs> I was looking through, and I'm, I was thinking. I mean, Peyton Barter's probably the uh, oldest player. Yeah. After that, and I don't even know what he is. 26, 25. Yeah. He's been in the league about four years or so. So, uh. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's just a pretty crazy uh whole situation really. I, I didn't have any super complicated, you know, in-depth analysis or anything. I mean, how can we? That's like trying to grade the NFL teams drafts the day after. I mean, we don't know. Right. Uh any other any other thoughts or anything going on out there? Um No, but we'll see about Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> pure that pick was uh that pick was purely a chicago spent draft significant draft capital on them so if they see something hey i'll throw a i'll throw a fourth fourth rounder out there on them i mean that's kind of where that where that one went yeah and they but they drafted a bunch of uh other wide receivers and brought in even some some pretty decent undrafted free agents just a weird setup there because They, they seem to be pretty set at wide receiver already. And then they added, um, now I can't remember who, but they added at least one other player on I know top. They had, of yeah, I know they have Emmanuel Hall. They got him undrafted. Yes, he was the undrafted in, free agent, yes. Right, But and in I, the draft, I'm not, I think that maybe they got one more. Yeah, one I more can't think of who it was right now. Yeah, hey, if they'll spend it, I'll spend one of my later picks. That's fine. Yeah, and I I don't actually this off season I've been selling away as much as I could of that passing game because I don't trust Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, I think he's Bortles 2.0, <laughs> so he might have a Bortles 2.0 season with Allen Robinson, uh, big flash. But I don't, I don't think there's going to be much there to sustain any real passing production. So. It's it's hurt because I really did like Anthony Miller 
I had mm-hmm. him in several leagues. I think I still have him in one, but I was trading him and Allen Robinson away wherever I could just because I just wanted out. Right. Um, and I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure whether them drafting all those wide receivers reinforces or or reinforces that or tells me I'm wrong. But uh, maybe maybe they aren't as confident about Allen Robinson as as we all think we should be. Um, well, he's never had a healthy season, right? Except for except for that one, yep. that one crazy what fourteen hundred yards something season, and all those <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, so he could have that because that was Bortles. That was Bortles Bortlin and uh, Trubisky. <laughs> if he if he learns to let it fly a little bit more than he did last year, mm-hmm. that could work out. But uh, I'm looking at your team, and again think a lot of these pieces can fall in. A lot of players are going to sort themselves out. Uh, who do you envision being the, just because you have so many of them, who who are the, the wide receivers that you think are going to produce in year one the most? In year one? Hmm. Yeah. Let me, I mean, um, you took I'm, Harry Campbell. In my, in my opinion, probably Campbell. In my really? opinion, I think he's will probably take over the instant slot without a doubt, and they're going to design all sorts of stuff for him. I mean, the way that cage. I know. Him. News came out today. Deion Kane's looking good. They think he could take off of that wide receiver <laughs> too. I'm not kidding. That's the the news blurb that came through today. Um, in other news, Jameis Winston really likes the way that Ronald Jones is looking. <laughs> which sounds great until you remember that also uh, Brashard Perriman is, is really in sync with uh, Winston. <laughs> I didn't which, even know Perriman was on Tampa Bay. Yeah, which kind of throws out, you know, credibility. You know, yeah, it, it, that just throws out credibility in me. You start to get excited about, well, maybe, okay, maybe Ronald Jones. Oh, but they also said Perriman was in sync. Oh, never mind. <laughs> and I, I will say the one other guy I think could be could have a, a monster season could be Andy Isabella just because I mean Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown I mean had a connection to the play styles and I think Isabella probably matches Marquise Brown more than more than anyone other than Marquise Brown in this draft I mean so he he could have huge potential just off the bat. Yeah. Well, hey, you you're Mr. Draft here, Mr. Draft expert. So I've <laughs> I've got you here. I'm going to use you. So I have joined uh this league. He doesn't Jameson doesn't know anything about this. I'm springing this on him. We've got a little bit of time here I think to kill. So I joined this uh Draft Degenerates League. It's Draft Degenerates 4, uh Dynasty Degenerates, I should say. Why am I saying draft? Uh, put on by Frank Scanduro, uh DHH Fuego on Twitter, and uh, a lot of other great podcasts on here like Dynasty Trades HQ, Dynasty Warzone. I'm just reading off names randomly. Own Dynasty Owners Manual, Fantasy Forty, bunch of good, good, good people. And um, I am. Oh, he finally picked. Good. I was hoping. I'm on the board, <laughs> so I'm gonna read you my team so far. And I have, we are in the 13th round, and I have two picks. 
Oh, I have two trades proposed. This is exciting live right here we go. All right, let's look at my team. With the in the first round I got Zeke with the 106, Julio with the 207, Dalvin Cook with the 212. I traded up. He was the last one kind of uh remaining and then then I got carry on in the 4.02. I jumped up again because I had traded out of the third entirely basically to do that. So I went ahead of heavy running backs. So there's some interesting scoring in this league. So the, I decided to go for running backs and not satellite backs because uh, it's only half point PPR for running backs. So Darnold in the fifth, Roethlisberger in the sixth because this is a super flex. This is a uh, start one of each position and everything else is a flex. Mm. Um, only up to two quarterbacks though. Edelman mm. in the seventh and then I had a big blank because I, I both traded down twice and I had missed one of those picks when I uh, I lost one of those picks when I traded up earlier. So I didn't pick again until the 10th. So in the 10.05 I got Christian Kirk. In the 10.07 I got Chris Herndon. Uh, tight ends are very, very highly weighted in the scoring here. In 11.06, I got D.D. Westbrook. 12.02, took Curtis Samuel. 12.07, I grabbed a third quarterback, one of the last starting quarterbacks in the league. I grabbed Joe Flacco. That was purely just a uh, a value for this year kind of pick, and this team was kind of looking win now. Um, obviously, you can pick up what I'm doing here. I went studs early, especially with Julio and then Edelman, and now I've been grabbing young wide receivers. So, it's my pick. I have mm-hmm. the 1306 and the 1307. I have back-to-back picks, and then I pick again with the 1405 and the 1407. So, in this four, three-round period, the 11th, uh, 12th, 13th, and 14th, I have like six picks. I stacked mm-hmm. up picks in this range. Yeah, yeah. And uh, lots of decent players still on the board. Um Let's take a look at who those are before we look at our our trades. <laughs> I always forget how which link I have to go through through my fantasy league. So according to ADP, we've got some good players here. Kiki Kuti, Akeem Butler. Uh, I'm going to skip the names that don't jump out to me. Andy Isabella. I, this is why, because when we were talking about your team, Andy Isabella, Arcega Whiteside is there. Irv Smith is still there. Um, Deonta Foreman, Michael Gallup, Trey Quan Smith, Naheem Hines. Okay, these are the kind of players we're looking at still there. Um, so let's look at our draft, our, our trade offers. So let's see. Super Flexology. They offered me the their 15th, so I'm moving down two picks, and their 17th, so I'm picking up an additional one for this one. That's That's not bad. Yeah. Um, and then Tuesday Night Hustle offered a very similar, the 1503, so five picks earlier. Um, but they're only giving me the 1810 in return. To be honest, mm. I'm not. I, well, I mean, what do you think? But I'm not leaning towards either of those right now. No. I mean, I don't. I'm not crazy about those, but I mean, looking at what you got. I, I, I traded back to where I traded. Uh, in this range because this was the last area where after you get into that 15th, 16th, 17th round, I don't think these, these good players aren't going to be there anymore. That Like a Kiki Kuti, we know he can be good. Um, right. 
So I'm pretty yeah, sure I mean, I'm making both these picks. I mean, for me, I, I, I like I like um, I like Eckler, I like Isabella, and I like Whiteside. Eckler is there, so I have Christian Kirk. So um, interesting idea for you. I'll just throw this out there. I have Christian Kirk. You you like Kyler Murray. I think it's going to be very high volume. I don't know if it'll be successful, NFL successful, right. but it's going to be high volume. And who knows, going future years, it may become actually good for the NFL as well. Um, do I want to stack up another piece there? Do I want to get Andy Isabella and have both him and Christian Kirk? Is is that too much? Am I hedging but losing upside? Hmm. I mm, I feel like be, well I believe Kirk is slot correct. Uh, he was all was over. Right? So he yeah, was, he he was definitely considered as being a slot, and people thought that people were worried about him because Larry Fitz was in the slot. But Kirk showed up pretty well, and I think was pretty pretty versatile. Um, on the other side, a lot of people think of Andy Isabella as being the slot, but he's mm, he's not really. Right, he's right, more he of a out. He's a deep slot where you know right. he'll run, he'll run up deep. He's not taking little short passes and in, in the finding holes in the zone or anything. He's a fast guy, but mm-hmm. Hakeem Butler kind of does the same thing, but he does it with size. Um, right. So I was considering taking a, a player and then one of those two and stacking up Arizona guys. Mm-hmm. On the other side, I could just go for spread it out and uh, try to get it as much upside everywhere as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 it, for me, it'd be hard to pass on on Isabella. I mean, that's pro- he's like the one name that sticks out more than anything to me. Now, what does Christian Kirk being there do for you? Does that uh, decrease the value of the pick, or does that in some ways make you want it more? Um. I, if anything, it, it, since you have Christian Kirk, I mean, I don't think it really, it really hurts it. Um, um, who knows what their passing attack is going to look? I, I, my opinion, their passing attack is going to be outstanding in the beginning, just like, just like the, um, the Eagles with Kelly. I mean, maybe yes. down the road when people start, start, uh, yes. catching wind of it. But I, but I think after, if anything, in the beginning, it's going to. It's going to be outstanding. This anything. is what I have thought as well. You hit you hit it on the nail. He's got they've got about a year and a half window here to take the league by storm before they get figured out. Yep. Uh, and not to say they can't still be good after that, but uh, they right. won't be able to. I mean, we saw it. It happens if everything, and it doesn't even have to be a huge fancy scheme. We just even seen it with McVeigh and the Rams, and their you know twenty second uh, Mike cutoff trick. You know, right, right. either other teams figured out they were doing it, or I think they actually, I think they actually blabbed to their, you know, ran their mouth about it, gave it away, uh, and another teams figured it out. So, you know, little things like that. You you try to find those advantages every year. Every team does, and they don't last for very long. Right. Um, because I only have one tight end at this point. I had, going in, I was kind of telling myself Irv Smith was going to be one of these two picks. Mm-hmm. Um, the longer that Rudolph does not sign, 
the more optimistic I'm actually getting um, about him either being traded or outright cut. Right. Uh, because that was my prediction and a lot of people's prediction going into the offseason and the draft. But uh, no one quite thought it would get to this point. Well, I don't I don't hate that either. I mean, you have back to back picks, correct? Yep, I have back to back picks here. So yeah, I mean, I could see it. I could see a, a Isabella and then Irv Smith. I mean, Cousins when he was on the Redskins, anyway, he absolutely loved tight ends. Um, and in my last and- podcast, when I was talking about tight ends, I, I mentioned how I thought this. I think we even were talking the other day, a couple of weeks ago, about it that this is a great place for him because my my issue with Irv Smith was his agility and ability to get open, but. He, I don't think that's going to be a big problem in in Minnesota when he's got those wide receivers making room for him, opening things up. Yeah, I I, I think I think uh, he can have media impact. Um, that's that's kind of Cousins' sweet spot. I think is a is a is a good tight end. Right. Um. And then it's just a question of what I go after that. I think for me, right. it's between Kuti. I like do like Kiki Kuti as kind of a little of a breakout here. Um, mm-hmm. We did see him do do things. Um, and then in, is, Isabella, like you said, and also Arcega Whiteside, who if I'm kind of taking this approach with this team of uh, letting these guys kind of incubate on my on my bench – um, mm-hmm. Whiteside could be someone who's scoring more points. This uh, this this league has points for first down, mm-hmm. so wide receivers get one point for per first down and one point per reception. So that's why uh, I mean Edelman was wide receiver ten per game last year in this scoring. I got him way late, so things like that. I think our secret Whiteside has a higher ceiling, whereas a player like even Kiki Kuti and Isabella. Um, Will Fuller and a couple other players fell many rounds later than normal in this draft, I think, because other, a lot of smart people in this league recognized that they were more of these explosive players and uh, there's higher point potential with the players who are getting volume. So do you think Isabella is going to get volume or is he going to be that explosive guy? I mean, he got volume in, in college. I mean, probably – more than anyone, so I don't see why he's, he can't get by him. True, um, true. I mean, you got to consider competition I'm, level and everything right, there, but true. Right. But I mean, when looking at him, I mean, he if he could hold up, I mean, he could hold up. I mean, if he could hold up there, I mean, they probably have the same hopes for him. I mean, they moved up, they moved up to get him. I'm looking at who else. My my only other thought here is is. To be honest, I'm a little thin on running back depth. I was going to start hitting that in the mm-hmm. next few rounds probably, um, but I am going to start running out of some of these decent-looking guys like Deonta Foreman, Naheem Hines. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm avoiding the purely receiver satellite backs so far. Right. Obviously, when we get into mm-hmm. later rounds, it's going to be whatever is best, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, for for now, at least in the middle, like I said, I hit I hit with those those rushing running backs who are going to get on the ground right. yards and first downs, um, and right. I'm not relying on that half point 
for reception. Well, they have McCoy up pretty high. McCoy's falling um, everywhere. I'm in a dispersal <laughs> draft that, I mean, players like Mark Andrews and, oh, goodness, Kalen Balazs and people are being taken before McCoy was finally taken. Um, yeah. He's just – I was going to take him if I could have traded in because at that point he's a value. But, you know, I don't know what to think about him or where I would even take him. I think everyone is pretty much just saying they don't want to deal with it, basically. Yeah. I I, I mean, I don't remember what his contract situation was, but I think if they cut him before, then they don't have to pay him whatever. I, I would have to check. Most of those dates are usually the, the June 1st date is usually the common one. So, I mean, that's two days yeah. from when we're recording. Yeah. Um, at this point, I don't think it's happening. So that means it's, it would have to be a trade situation. I don't think they'll do anything until they can get Singletary in there and they if they love how he looks. Yeah. So I can probably, I'm going to wait on those. But all right, I'm not going to drag this out and go too weird. I'm going to make my picks here live on the air. I am, I am going to go first with who I knew I was going to go with, with Irv Smith. Um, just because at this point that situation is dragging on and I'm optimistic that he might come out on top in that situation. For There's kind of a roller coaster ride with people who had drafted him high thinking that Rudolph was going to get traded. You know, there was the rumors out that Rudolph's getting traded to the Patriots or whatever, you know. And then uh, all of a sudden, wait, they offered him a, Rudolph a contract and all the Irv Smith <laughs> owners went, no! Um, but it hasn't happened and I'm starting to think it's going the other way. So I'm taking Irv Smith with the first pick mm-hmm. and with my second pick, I'm actually happy to let this guy sit and develop and I'm not going to stack up players on the same team. I think mm-hmm. Kirk's good enough that I don't need to handcuff him or or uh, uh, buddy system him or anything like that. So right. I'm going to go with Sega. JJ, Arcega, Whiteside. I think of the remaining players, he has the highest upside. I mean, unless you love Hakeem Butler, but again, I'm not going to stack up Arizona. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go Arcega, Whiteside. And at this point, I'm pretty happy with with just stacking up wide receivers, especially with the way this league is set up. All right, well, that was fun. Surprised you with that one. <laughs> hey, Whiteside White side has potential to, I mean, people, and I hear, I hear people say that they don't, you know, um, Jackson and, and Jeffrey. I mean, there's no reason Whiteside can't, can't be a factor this year. Well, that that was the joke. Is one of the one of the funniest tweets I saw was um, someone saying that if Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson and Nelson Aguilar stay healthy, then uh, Arcega White's is going to have a hard time finding targets. To which I, you know, quote tweeted, "This is one of the best arguments for Arcega Whiteside I've heard yet," <laughs> because <laughs> exactly. when has Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey stayed healthy, and when has Nelson Aguilar? Um, right. been, you know, this great player who's going to be able to hold off someone better. 
So I'm I'm uh, optimistic of that situation, even yeah. late in the season, turning into to something I can actually use. Right. All right. Um, that's all we got for us. Uh, thanks for joining. We had a good talk. I'm gonna go edit some stuff, and we got the first conversation to to tie into the front of this thing. Um, so it's probably gonna be a little long when everything's done now. But I uh, hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, I'll try and keep everyone just up to date with with how this actually turns out it'll be an interesting uh maybe a year from now or a year before the next year's league rookie draft we can we can see how it went um yeah not this big long episode uh invested into it but just just to keep track of it and see how it goes like one of those uh scientific studies that you know watches <laughs> watches people over like a couple of decades we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on your team and see how it goes all right thank you james right. for joining me uh good luck this year i hope you your team absolutely sucks because i want i want swift or etienne or some or jerry judy or somebody next year or, or lawrence sure that- or tua or any of those you know just be bottom three please you know yeah, I think I'm going to let you down. I think I'm going to let you down. <laughs> <laughs> this is not collusion. At least All right. I'm five. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll see you. All right, thanks. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, joining. We hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Just, just kind of relaxed chat. I didn't want to get too, uh, like I said, technical or try to analyze it too much. Uh, we Hopefully we tied in a little bit there where you got a sense of um, – where he's going with this team what his intentions were and there you go if if you want to try it there you go that's how you do a 22 draft pick rookie draft pretty insane hey check out twitter at fusion ffb any questions any uh anything you wanted to bring up you can email me fusion ffb at gmail.com uh we've got the website fusion ffb Dot com. Uh, the email is fusionffb at gmail.com. I said that. And lastly, uh, I've mentioned it before, but I'm just ready to start opening it up a little bit more. Uh, if you're on GroupMe, I've got a chat in there that's specifically Fusion FFB. Uh, I think it would be my vision for that chat would be it would be a lot of fun to, to have a chat where people just are posting things that they've seen and that they're hearing that are interesting and everyone just kind of sharing interesting and insightful and and good information and just helping to helping to help each other and and like i said there's so many good things out there that don't get seen and uh it's a lot of work to try and track them all down yourself but if we kind of crowdsource this a little bit i think everyone can benefit a lot you know, everyone just chips in something they see every every now and then. But if, if everyone's doing it, everyone gets the benefit without having to go search down everything. So if you're interested in this, hit me up on on Twitter at FusionFFB. It's a GroupMe chat. So if you have GroupMe, that's great. I am on the, the sleeper app. I'm at generally aware there with my old tag. So if, if you have nowhere else to get a hold of me, you can find me there and I'll try to hook you up. I do have a community chat in there. I apologize if 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 you know the fantasy app is is your area. I haven't had the energy to invest in that. Same goes with with Sleeper. I'm technically there. I have not invested in it. Uh, hopefully one of these days 
I can. Right now, I'm really just my website and Twitter. So let me know. If if you don't care about Twitter and you would appreciate it if I was more active on one of those platforms or another one, that's a perfect example of you can email me. Um, also, Anchor has the voice messages feature. You can leave me a voicemail. I can integrate it right into a, a segment of the podcast, answer your question in voice, not just reading it. That would be a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope you had a good time. We'll keep an eye on uh, on Ink Squad and uh, this young team, this youth movement team, and see how it all turns out. See you next time, guys.